Hey everyone, welcome back to One Simple Question, the podcast that asks a basic, everyday question of a person that then delves into their unique and decidedly non-basic answer. I'm continuing with the non-political conversations this week, and I asked a fellow podcaster, Dustin Miller, what he wanted to be when he was a kid. In diving into podcasts, I noticed a lot of fellow creators in the field pour their heart, soul, and unique takes on the world into this medium. So I wondered, what are the characteristics of a person that make them want to try to become a podcaster? What followed that question was a deeper chat into the realms of flexible achievement in today's society for Dustin. Hey Dustin, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad that we can catch up a bit. We um, got to know each other a little bit just at the beginning of lockdown. uh, You had me on your Polymath Polycast. Um, How's that going? How's the show been? And can you tell us about the show for people who might not have heard it? For sure. So the Polymath Polycast just incorporates all of the audio content that I make. And that includes these little micro episodes that I do, my medium length episodes, and then the interviews, which is what I had you on. And these interviews have been fantastic because at the beginning of quarantine, I was thinking I need to find some way to take advantage of this newfound time. And so I was like, okay, well, I found Matchmaker, which is the platform we had matched on at one point, I, I believe. And whenever we came on there, it's a new kind of way of thinking. Everyone was like, hey, I want to meet with somebody. And so because of that platform, I was able to get up to 40 people, now eight plus that. So now I've done 48 episodes since I began. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and it's good that you're being so productive in lockdown. I, I remember right. being like really intrigued by our conversation because it made me wonder a little bit about you. You'll, you'll drop terms like polycast and polymath really quickly. And I think oddly enough, I didn't know what a polymath was until I was like 27. It just wasn't mm-hmm. something that came into my vernacular. And I realized that like, when you were a kid, you probably didn't think to yourself, like, I'm going to create a polymath polycast or just be involved in this. Like, can I ask you, um, what did you want to be when you were a kid? So yeah, just real quick, I I remember you mentioning how you thought your siblings were polymaths as well. And I consider you polymathic. And so I thought that was interesting. When I was growing up, I always wanted to be a businessman. So when I was like seven, eight, or nine, my family would ask me, hey, what do you want for your birthday? And I'd be like, office supplies, because that's what I wanted to be as a businessman. And then when I was 10, I had my own business selling temporary tattoos. (laughs) It's just like a super unique thing to do when you're 10 years old is to start selling tattoos. And in general, most people are not like, I want office supplies as a thing. So (laughs) I guess like early in life, you, you knew you wanted to be in business. Mm -hmm. And and did that like inevitably mean an office, like being a CEO, starting your own thing? Like, what did that mean? Yeah, so definitely CEO part that leads me into the next part. When I got a little bit older, I had to get a bit more ambitious and be like, I want to be a CEO. When people ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's interesting because even in my grandma's office, she had like a big bedroom in her house and she let me have the closet, which is like a walk-in closet as my office. And that just thrilled me for some reason. And as I got older, especially as a teenager, that CEO started to expand. It started getting more social entrepreneur in a way where I wanted to be a CEO of an international company driven to innovate technology and ideology. Again, like I, I don't think I know many seventeen-year-olds who would be able to say all that, um, right? And know what that means. So, what, like, what did you do to to try to do that when you were a kid? Yeah, so I started a blog because I wanted to be able to get information out there. I realized that in order to make a change, I needed to teach people. I needed to teach myself as well. And so I learned how to make a WordPress website and make a blog. Start doing social media marketing back in like twenty twelve or so. 
And that started my whole content creation journey. And I actually managed to be somewhat consistent with it. So I created the United Living Construct, which was meant to be like a company that I could build. How old are you when this was happening? I mean, probably around 17 or so, or maybe even 16. I think 17, because I think it was in high school. How old are you now? 25. Okay, so it's eight years of doing this, singularly working towards this. Like, how did you get started? I have friends who started companies and have just brands, and they've always needed some kind of like a capital raise, or if it's really big, they they might even go to funding, but they might use their own stuff. Like, I listen often to um, how I built this from NPR as well, and it's always about people like mortgaging houses and stuff. So what did you do at 17 to start? Like, where did your money come from? So I've been working since I was 17. Literally two weeks before my 17th birthday, I started my first job as a lifeguard. And so I've used that money for everything I needed. Ironically, I actually got into debt pretty early on with a credit card where I wanted to buy maybe a new monitor because my screen had broke. And I was like, okay, well, I might as well get a monitor now, a little bit better quality or whatever. And so I got into a little bit of debt, but I managed to pay it off. But that led to this idea of like, hey, I don't want to be in debt for any kind of business either. And so I want to find some way I can self-fund it. And that kind of led to the same ideas that I led into Poly Innovator as well. But United Living Construct was meant to be either self-funded or I could create products through that brand to sell and start from there. So what did you do in terms of the jobs and like what were you trying to do to raise money i didn't actually get too successful when it came to raising money for the ulc because i just ended up postponing it i think once i got to a little older age which we talk about later but as i was growing up i started out as a lifeguard because i loved swimming i loved being in the pool and just shortly after i started that i became a swim instructor and then after that a pool manager and waterworks instructor and just kept going like that with water boot camp, move your joints, which is like an arthritis-based class, even personal trainer, fitness attendant. I, at one point, I had like six jobs at once. Jeez. Yeah, I feel like you have the more amount of energy than anybody that I've met so far. Um, even your <laughs> answers are just like, I got this. Here's the next yeah. thing to say. And it's really impressive. Most people, when I have these conversations, there's a lot of pauses that I then edit out. But in this situation, yeah. you're just like right on it. So I'm going to ask like about then school. So you're doing all these jobs, you're trying to start a business, um, you're 17 when this is all going down. What did you do? Like post 17? Did you go to college? Like what was the path that got you to like sort of that next step? I, I want to go back a little bit because I think in school, I set my path pretty early on. I took classes that I knew would help me towards that, that goal. So back in seventh grade, I took a keyboarding class because I wanted to make sure I could get the skill to be able to type well so I can work on creative stuff. On top of that, I took careers and personal finance, intro to money management, intro to business, and then digital media stuff down the line. And all those courses allowed me to become what I was doing after high school. And so I learned how to do the content creation that way. And I did a stint at college because there was a new school that came out in San Francisco called uh, Foundry College, where they were trying to make a new way of thinking, a new way of doing school. And it was cool. I enjoyed it. That actually happened last year, so pretty recently. But I spent the first like six years after high school pursuing self-development, because I knew college wasn't really right for me. And so I ended up creating my own education down the line. What do you mean you created your own education? I kept trying to find a degree that would work for me. I kept trying to work towards smart city development, which was kind of an ultimate goal. I wanted to become a CEO of an international company driven to innovate technology, but that same idea evolved into trying to create a smart city or helping the world with smart cities. And so they're not mutually exclusive, but they're also not one of the same goals. I kept looking at all these different schools. None of them had any smart city degree or even just like smart technology, so to speak. Some had some internet of things or something like that, but that was a little too niche for what I wanted to do. So I decided, okay, 
screw it. There's a ton of free courses, ton of YouTube videos, tons of podcasts, tons of audiobooks and all that stuff online. Why don't I use those as my own education source? So I created a list of over 400 courses. Now it's only like 120. So like at least I cut it down. But I made that list of courses that I wanted to take and curated it into like 11 different semesters that I wanted to work on. And so I kept in mind the idea of space repetition and interleaving. So each semester had a different topic like entrepreneurship, sustainability, marketing, that sort of thing. And I would interleave courses between those different subjects into these different semesters. So even though the first semester was about entrepreneurship, I would weave in sustainability so I can get a little bit of like touch on it before I actually got into it. So you were taking all this, I guess, as you were in this experience of learning, you're doing all these courses. Were other people doing them with you? Were you getting other people to, to check out your content and like walk through your material as well? This is around the time I decided to create a personal brand, Poly Innovator, because I wanted to express myself. When I created the United Living Construct, I realized that there needed to be someone to lead it in order for it to work. I wanted to be that leader, but I wasn't good enough for that. And so that was another motivation behind a modular degree. And so I spent a lot of time working on self-development courses in that modular degree as well. Mind you, I still haven't finished it. I want to clarify that because it's a journey. It's Mm -hmm. supposed to be almost kind of a way to pursue lifelong learning. You can have an end goal, but for me, it wasn't necessarily about the end. It was about the skills that I could learn. And so I've changed it over the years and made it more omni-channel marketing or content creation podcasting based versus maybe sustainability. So I put that down the line a little bit. I started my videos to be kind of like a documentation journey of those content, but I stopped kind of doing the vlogs and started doing more educational stuff down the line. It's kind of interesting because you, you hark on to this idea that like I went to, you know, classical university and post high school and, you know, I have siblings who went to master's degrees and so on. And, and you always feel like school's done and then there's life after that. But you're kind of approaching it from maybe the more natural perspective, which is, I think, how a lot of us accidentally become, which is you're always learning. There's mm-hmm. always a topic that you're diving into. I think I do it naturally with like just reading and podcasts, but you're doing it from like a very focused perspective, including those mm-hmm. things, obviously. So I have to ask them, like, like what what are you learning right now? It's interesting you ask that because literally just yesterday I was looking at minimum viable products and minimum viable platforms because I instead of focusing on learning, I tried to focus more on creation because I, I thought once I realized that I made this modular degree, I was like, I'm standing on something that's really impressive and interesting. And yes, I need to pursue it more. And I'm actually still harping on myself this past week. I need to go back and do some more courses because it's been a minute. But I realized that, hey, I can create a platform out of this. I can create something that people can use for themselves. They can make their own modular degree. Because I'm not the first one to pursue some self-development journey like this. There's been a ton of people like Scott Young who did the MIT Challenge. There's Jonathan Haber who made a philosophy degree. There is uh, Laurie Picard with No Pain BA. And I wanted to take those ideas and make it more generalist. So that way, there's any degree that you want to pursue, you can make your own this way. Do you feel like a classical education would have made this all easier? Or do you feel like even now, I mean, example, smart cities or something, you can now kind of go and learn in master's degrees. My brother's kind of diving into that a little bit. Do you think this all would have been easier? Or do you think, given the the state of the world, this was really the only path you could have gone down? For one, like I said, at that time, there was no smart city degrees. Ironically, since then, I know Ziggurat in Spain is another a school that came up, and they have like BIM and different innovation kind of degrees, including a smart city master's degree. And even back then, I realized pretty quickly that a bachelor's was not for me. I was quite inclined towards like a dozen different master's degrees that I was like, hey, these look really interesting. Uh, HEC Paris had like this innovation and entrepreneurship degree that I really wanted. And around this time too, I was digging into edX and Coursera 
they all had these like specializations. And then on top of that, the uh, MicroMasters at edX, which really fascinated me. I really wanted to try to combine different MicroMasters together and to make my own degree out of that. But I realized down the line that not only was I not going to be able to afford that per se, because cost was a big difference when it came to college, but on top of that, I realized that it wasn't going to teach me exactly what I needed to know for the goals that I needed to. And I did actually pursue part of a uh, MicroMasters. It was Data Economics and Development Policy by MIT. And I managed to get through most of a course, but I didn't know enough statistics and R programming to really finish the course properly. So are you jumping into stats in R then? I jumped into stats a little bit. R programming didn't interest me as much. When I started doing more data science down the line, I started doing more Python rather than R. Gotcha. Yeah, we're going to get into jargon if we keep going down that path, which is always fun. My, and mind you, I only know a few lines of Python at this point. <laughs> I, I got into the Jupyter Notebooks, not so much the language just right off the bat. I mean, it's a fascinating idea, though. Just, I mean, I was very lucky in high school to get like a programming background that just taught me and whenever I taught anybody like the basics of coding, it was always like a way of thinking versus the syntax. Like the syntax is all very important, but like algorithmic thinking was more the issue. And I, I find that it's interesting because a lot of times when I've like volunteered at schools, I, I've talked to kids and, and they're like, why am I going to need to know algebra or geometry when I get older? And I was like, partially what you're learning in school right now is just the ability to learn more. In university degrees and stuff, you're going to learn more hard facts that you might actually use in your real life. But ultimately, like what you're doing now learning the adaptation of the world masters as you point is like where the actual stuff stuff is so it leads me to this question that i have for someone who hasn't gone to like a classic university in the past in society today the idea of college is like kind of losing its sparkle because student debt's massive you know people with college degrees can't get jobs really easily anyways innovative people are starting companies out of high school anyways Mm -hmm. so do you think people are going to follow your path and this path more and would you recommend people do that it does come down to self-awareness. If you feel like you want a really structured program, right now, I'm still building this. I, it's going to be more like a beta testing kind of thing. Like I have to make sure that people are pursuing that self-development. There's only like 4% of people who actually complete MOOCs and online courses at this point. So it takes a lot of self-direction. And it's interesting because I've completed quite a lot for myself, but not necessarily the bigger ones, so to speak. I would get to the end, I'm like, okay, I don't really care enough about this quiz, I'm not going to finish it, finish it. But I got all through all the modules and I learned all of it. I think that people have to have the discipline and grit to get past it at this stage, because down the line, we can use AI or digital mentors to help guide the path. And the whole point of this modular degree, or actually at this point, the modular education framework, this platform I want to make, is to have a system where you're interested in the courses. Everywhere else, all these college degrees are forcing you down like, hey, you have to take this gen ed, you have to take this particular science for your degree, even if a different science is more prudent and more interesting to you. And so I wanted to be able to help people choose what you wanted to learn. As a lifeguard, we learned about focus. We are sitting in a pool where there's different zones, and you can only manage your focus for about 30 minutes or so before you start getting kind of loose on what you're actually focusing on. So to make us change different stands based off of the psychology of focus and the neuroscience of it. And just that one little change allowed us to reset our focus and redo it again, almost kind of like the Pomodoro technique in a way. And so I wanted to be able to take advantage of that and then modular learning and even skill trees from video games and put it into a system. No, oh, skill tree from a video game is a good reference. I can follow that one really well. I'm going to ask a saucy question and feel free to feel free to just be like i don't know what pays the bills right now so i end up still working as a swim instructor 
I hmm. want to be able to teach more when it comes to online. Like I'm writing how to swim book and my next phase for poly innovator is going to be more exercise oriented since that is my background. But this first phase has been around module education. Hopefully down the line, I have plenty of different plans for monetization for the poly innovator brand without being too salesy. Like for example, a subscription platform or something like that. But uh, I've been teaching swim lessons and personal training. And since actually quarantine hit, it changed my hours. So I used to work only 15 or 16 hours a week and somehow still managed to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And then once quarantine hit, it went down to three hours. And now it's gone up a little bit more. But for the most part, I'm still working minimally, but I get paid more since I'm working outside of my original place. Yeah. Has quarantine been really tough then? And and just that flow or has it just been a change? It's interesting. Since I only worked 15 hours a week, my actual daily life had been on the computer. Like I could have done these interviews a year ago had the system been there for people like you like you might have had your full-time job taking away your time versus now you have more free time like you still work obviously from what i can recall but like you still have to have that different change in societal norms to do it for me it just happened to be like hey for a couple weeks your habits got screwed up because my workout habit relied on me working at the gym and Mm -hmm. so i had to figure out a way to go about that i'm still struggling with that and so there's still habits i need to work on but my systems stayed similar Kind of like we all started living the life that you were living a year ago because yeah, I do have a, I have a full-time job, but you know, I can do things like this much more quickly at a five o'clock in the evening because I'm still at home. Like I just mm-hmm. kind of switch to this rather than needing to find a quiet space and do all the other stuff. Cause I've, I've set that up for myself. Yeah. It, it's been a really, really interesting time because I feel like self-education at this point is probably the most important thing that we could be doing with a lot of that spare time. And the idea that motivation that we have when we're at home is so different than it was when you're doing it as like a side hustle on the weekends outside of work because now suddenly all this space is constantly around you. I want to talk more about the brand that you have and, and the products that you're trying to put out there and what you're trying to do, but I, I want to ask some some opinion here as someone who's self-learning quite a bit. Like, What should someone do if they're trying to figure something out right now in lockdown? To put it back into what I was doing already, the first thing I ever did with a module degree for helping other people was make a mini course. Technically, it was a lead magnet if you want to get marketing terms, but all I cared about is helping people learn how to learn. I realized that people don't necessarily know the difference between self-education, self-development, and self-improvement. They all essentially mean the same thing, but how you go about each of them is different. Self-education is the foundation. Self-improvement is the consistency of your habits and systems. And then self-development is the understanding of like your mind, your body, your physical structure, and that kind of thing. And so I wanted to be able to help people with understanding that. That leads into my answer here. People need to learn how to learn. For example, I'm able to take so many courses because I can watch the videos at a higher speed with comprehension. I can read fast. I remember donating blood recently and they gave me a pamphlet saying, you have to read this. I was like, I've already been here two other times. I read the pamphlet. I know what's in there. They're like, oh no, we've changed it. They ended up changing like one little paragraph in one page that was new. And I was like, okay, cool. But I was able to speed read through that pamphlet because I knew the skill to how to do it with focus and attention. It takes a certain amount of self-discipline to do that. And I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. It took a long time for me to get that. For example, speed watching. If I were to watch this back when you post it, I'm going to watch it at a 2x speed. But most people mm. can't go past 1.5 or 1.25. And it took me about a year once I got to that 1.5 speed to get a little bit higher than that. If I'm hearing it, and I'm just going to reiterate what you just said. It's a, it's a matter of focus, really. It's a matter of mm-hmm. like the discipline and focus and choosing tasks that you might not realize are what you need to learn. It's almost like you want to build a shed in your backyard, but you don't actually have all the tools. You could 
you can learn all the specifics, but if you don't have a hammer, how on mm. earth are you going to do it anyways? Yeah. Dustin, are you, are you happy with like the path you've taken so far? Like, would you change anything from your past? So this reminds me of a quote by Peter Thiel, because he was talking to Mark Zuckerberg back when Facebook was still kind of growing. And basically, I think Facebook got offered like $2 billion or something like that for their platform. And so Peter Thiel was like, hey, you should take this because we don't know where this is going to go. And Zuck was like, hey, okay, I take this money. What am I going to do with it? Well, I want to create a social network. Well, why would I leave the one I'm already making just like to get money for it? I'm going to make more money from this if this is what I want to do anyways. And I was thinking about this the other day, like, should I pursue Poly Innovator? Should I put it to the side and go do a full-time job? But it's like, if I were to do something else, I know I wouldn't be happy. I've worked three jobs at once to pay my bills. And as overwhelming as that was, I knew that I could go home and then work on this. And even when I don't want to sit there and edit a video or sit there and work on Poly Innovator, like my Omni content, I told you before the call that I've had a hard time keeping that consistent versus the interviews where I have accountability checks like with you. So I'm working on the accountability checks for myself, but I just think that if I were to do something else, I wouldn't be happy. And I would eventually do this anyways. I might as well do it now. Can you, for the benefit of everybody listening right now, because I've asked a lot of questions like about the ideas and the emotions, the, the sort of history around your brand. But can you tell us about more about it specifically? Like, let's say um, I release this episode and then a year later someone decides to listen to it and they go to your website. Like, what do they see that what have you put out in the year? What is like the, the overall umbrella of information that they're going to get from you? Yeah, interesting question there. Um, Poly Innovator is meant to be the journey of becoming a polymath. That's kind of the little slogan I try to do. And it's essentially a way to build a foundation for the careers that I want to have in life. And notice the S there, careers. I don't want to just do one thing in life. And I've always realized that. Growing up, I wanted to build my own video game series. I've loved singing since for as long as I can remember. I used to sing on the street when I walked to work. And I spent a ton of time going to karaoke religiously so I could learn how to sing. And so I I want to be able to incorporate those down the line at different phases. So I realized in order to become a polymath, you can do everything at once, or you can do one thing after the other, or a little bit of both. And so I wanted to try to organize the future of what I'm going to be doing with Poly Innovator. So what people are going to see, presumably in a year, still the same thing when it comes to self-education and the modular degree. But I mentioned earlier the difference between self-education, development, and improvement. And I made a personal Poly Innovation system. So I've been working on that recently, and by that point, I might have a completely new website because I might switch content management systems. No matter what, you're going to see that page. Hey, this is about my journey. Come join me if you want to learn more about polymathy, self-education, innovation, because Poly Innovator stands for Polymath of Innovation. Who is a polymath from history and currently that you look up to as like a, I mean, a hero is a weird word, but perhaps maybe just like a blueprint even? Well, Leonardo da Vinci is my hero, and he's one of the like most renowned true polymaths of the history there. And even back in seventh grade, I did a presentation on him, and I think that might have been when I started learning about polymaths. I didn't even, I never really thought about when I first got exposed to it until you mentioned it. And I think it must have been early on. I just didn't know what the word meant and didn't identify as that until a teenagehood. And as for a modern one. The cheap thing would be to say like Elon Musk, but the things he's doing makes me not want to like look up to him. <laughs> but um, it is interesting how like even Bezos or and all these tech giants are trying to be polymathic. Steve Jobs, who's who's dead, but like he would be a great example, I think, because yeah. he's trying to take typography and calligraphy and different sciences together to build what he wanted to create. 
Yeah, I guess in the end, a lot of these people who were polymaths didn't really have, and I think maybe this is where my confusion on the term originally came from, because what I always thought as a polymath is someone doing a, like a really, really, really bang up job of a lot of things, but in all various directions. So they didn't really align in anything. It was just someone who was really good at a bunch of stuff. I guess in the end, uh, a person like Steve Jobs and to some degree Da Vinci all did something with the intention of moving in one direction. Like they just used sort of multiple engines to get them, but they were ultimately like Steve Jobs was trying to innovate the way that human beings were interacting with technology. And it mm-hmm. took him a lot of different specialties to get there ultimately. Even Da Vinci had like 15 different expert fields. Like he was an insane example. But there's even people like Benjamin Franklin, who's a bit more simpler, but had a goal in mind and tried to use different engines to get there. And that's one reason why I made Polyinvator too, to be able to pre-build those engines, or at least the, the template for them. I just want to think in a macro view of like, where do I want to be in the next 5, 10, 15 years? Where do you want to be in the next 5, 10, 15 years? <laughs> not, <laughs> not I guess not brand, not brand specific, because I, I, yeah. I understand that your brand will be growing and more information and content novel. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Dustin specifically. Like, what does Dustin want to be doing in five to ten years? Hopefully work in a smart city development, at least in some capacity. Because I want Polyinvator to be throughout my life, but I also want to have some other focus as well. And right now that other focus is building this modular education platform. I want to be able to revolutionize the way we approach education. And there's many different facets of how we learn and the science, the neuroscience behind learning and flow and being able to get into the state of ultimate focus, so to speak. And I know some people who like flow might argue with that statement, but for the general audience, that's essentially what it is. And whenever you try to learn something, you don't get into those states very easily. College is already self-directed. They st- you l- watch a lecture, sure, but then you go home and study in the textbook and make flashcards and do it all on your own. And it's kind of an archaic retention-based system versus competency and actual learning. Got it. All right. I, so I, I don't know if I answered your question <laughs> really fully <laughs> you kind of there. Did. You said you wanted to be working in smart cities, and I understand that. I get that idea. So, so in, in 5, 10, 15 years, Dustin is working towards making our city smarter, perhaps in post-COVID era. It's going to be a thing where we're you know curious about what a you know, polycentric city is going to look like, and that, that'll be a, perhaps where we go from. I guess just my ultimate like sort of actual final question here is, like, what do you say to somebody who would watch this or listen to this or hear from you and, and just be like, man, just pick a thing? Because ultimately, <laughs> there are people who are going to think, like, you're doing too much you're over overcomplicating this thing like go get a university degree i did that i'm fine for one you got to use a university degree but i still consider you polymathic and i think that there's a a reason to be that way and for you it worked out and you had your own trials and tribulations that we talked about when you're on my show but i think that it is also a matters of self-awareness i know that i don't do well in traditional learning and that's why i didn't want to do a traditional degree because i don't want to be confined to a classroom that way everyone goes at their own speed but i like to go in sprints at some points i'm going to be going really fast when it comes to learning other points i want to take my time i spent 12 hours one day learning calculus because i thought it was what i needed to do something for a different story <laughs> but 12 hours straight just learning calculus i wanted to m- mention this is that i sucked at math in high school and i couldn't do algebra for the sake of my life basically to save my degree or diploma i guess you could say yet there was one month we did calculus in that class and my grade shot up because it was more conceptual, just like you said with programming. I get the whole if this, then that aspect, the macro view of programming. It's actually the syntax I can't pick up mm-hmm. for some reason. I've tried four different times in my <laughs> life. I still can't pick it up. And when it comes to math, I know that I need to be more conceptual than nitty gritty to get it down. So that's one reason why I don't think traditional learning is good for me. And when it comes to whole the polymath idea, 
oh, you're splitting all your attention between these different things. But it's something that I naturally do well. Personally, I like being polymathic. And so I've been working on this polymath spectrum where it's a level of competency. You have a jack of all trades, which is normally considered to be a bad thing, but it's not. The whole saying often gets misconstrued. Jack of all trades, master of none. And people say, oh, it's a master of none. You don't have any specialties. You haven't been focused. Well, the actual full saying is a jack of all trades, master of none, but also sometimes better than a master of one. Okay, so what do you say to the person? We've had specialists and polymaths all throughout history. Specialists were formed in the Industrial Revolution by Henry Ford to be able to make their factories run more efficiently. And through those companies like Ford Industries and all the other ones around that time, worked with the government to make our education system to help make those companies work. We needed people who were good at one thing. And for the time, it was really good. We needed that. But we've kept that same archaic system for the past hundred and something years. And polymaths have been stifled. But we've had some of the greatest polymaths like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. People don't like their abrasiveness, but you can't argue that they've been successful. That was Dustin Miller of the Polymath Polycast. Sometimes I assume that school would just be easy for everyone if they tried because I found it easy growing up. It didn't occur to me that not everyone fits into the regular norms of learning and that others might struggle mightily at the pace of a school, but not for lack of trying. And it's expensive. Dustin and I realized that after college is where we really get to specialize. And when you get into that kind of debt, it's just way worse. I still think there's an important place for higher education. Dustin's struggles in coding languages and completion showed me that some rigor is probably needed. But that said, there is certainly an argument for a more flexible style of learning and its results in our workplace. Now, whether or not society catches up with that is a whole other story. That's it for today's story. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, you can subscribe to get the latest updates anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a moment and you're feeling generous, please leave a review. I'd really appreciate it, and it helps me understand how to make this show even better. For more info on me and this concept, you can visit our website at onesimplequestion.co. One Simple Question is hosted by me, Abhishek Lahoti, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you tune in again soon, and bye for now.